they had nothing, Matt, like no things, you know, there were mm. nothing, no things. Like literally the clothes on their back, if they had clothes, and I'm not joking, yeah. the people we were, you know, who were yeah. with in Sudan during the war, Sierra Leone during the Civil War there. Um, the church was beautiful and they were so full of joy, man. And they mm. were like being persecuted and they were star, their babies were starving. No joke, I'm not, you know, and mm. yet they were so full of joy. And, I, and yeah. as I would go there and I'd come home and I'd go there and I'd come home, I remember praying, dear God, you know, I, I want to have what they have. I'd give anything for their joy yeah. and relationship with yeah. you. Welcome to What's the Story? My name is Matt Edmondson and this is a podcast full of stories about faith and courage from everyday people. And today I am chatting with the fantastic Caesar Kalinowski uh, about identity, about his life, about guitars, about playing music, about all kinds of cool stuff. But before we get into it, uh, one of the things I like to do is just give a shout out to past guests and episodes. And given that we are going to be talking about all those kinds of cool things with Caesar. I thought it would be great to mention a couple of things worth checking out. Number one, we did a live stream called What Does the Bible Say About Me? Phenomenal episode to check out. Uh, and also check out uh, Abby Sharples uh, when she asked, why would I give up the right to do whatever I want to do with my life and follow Jesus? Phenomenal conversations from Abby there. You can find these in our entire archive of episodes and live streams on our website for free at www.crowd.church. And whilst you're there, make sure you sign up for the newsletter. And each week we will email you the links and the notes from the conversations with the guests, along with any other cool things we think are going to be worth having. Uh, we send that sort of stuff direct to your inbox, totally free. Uh, so make sure you sign up to that. Now, this episode is brought to you by Crowd Online Church. Caesar, you know as well as I do, right? Not everybody can get to church. Not everybody wants to go to church. Not everybody sees the point of church. And this is where online church works super well. It is a safe space to explore the Christian faith. And the thing I love about Crowd is that you get to join in and shape the conversation. Oh yes, that's that's cool thing that you can do on live streams. Uh, so if you've never been to church before, or if you're looking for something a little bit new, do check out Crowd Church. The website is www.crowd.church. Or if you prefer, just email me directly at matt at Crowd Church with any questions that you have. Oh, yes. Now, Caesar Kalinowski, apart from having one of the coolest names on the planet, is a father, a recent grandfather, and he's married to his high school sweetheart, Tina. Uh, and they've been married for over 35 years. He is a serial entrepreneur, a church planter, and the author of several books, including the top-selling The Gospel Primer. He's worked in over 30 countries, training thousands of people in discipleship and mission as a lifestyle. Uh, and to quote Caesar, he loves to help those uh, with a high commitment to intentional living. It's a great phrase, isn't it? Uh, in the areas of their family, discipleship and mission, uh, acquire the leadership skills and tools necessary to succeed and leave a lasting legacy. That's a that's a very noble cause. Caesar, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you, man. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you, Matt. It's good to reconnect here and see you and wow thanks for that intro wow <laughs> hope right. i can live up to any of that <laughs> <laughs> so i whenever you do these podcasts because i like you I, I or like me i dare say you do a fair few podcasts uh, as a guest and you you do the tour and the, and people read out these intros and you you do kind of think goodness me is that really me i don't know <laughs> 30 countries has it truly yeah actually it's yeah I, I need to update that it's a few more now but anyway oh wow yeah. wow crazy wow. yeah crazy so whereabouts in the world are you caesar because obviously your accent's different so, yeah a little bit different yeah i'm i'm in the seattle metro area in the united states uh, seattle is up in the north uh west so mm -hmm. top left corner a couple hours south of canada up there and uh yeah it's beautiful here we love it i'm originally from chicago but about 20 years ago we moved out here to sort of intentionally live like missionaries in neighborhoods and see what happened. Like mm -hmm. if we moved to another country called Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> so, and it was really crazy. And, you know, you, you do all the stuff you do if you went to another country. You start to like eat what they eat, learn the language and dress what 
you know, dress like they do. And mm -hmm. I, we all have a whole lot more tattoos than we ever did before or plan to get. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that what is that what happens when you move to Tacoma, Washington? You you you. End I up guess with the, so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it has been for us and my kids. Wow, my son, he's running out of real estate. You know what I'm saying? Oh, really? Okay, fair enough. And do you have a tattoo? Did you do that? I have several. Yeah. Uh, okay. What's the most recent one? Uh, let's see. Most recent one, um, probably on my ribs. It was a it was a anniversary gift to my wife a couple of years back. Fantastic. You see, it's a phrase that she has used for our entire relationship, even pre being married, and uh, it means a lot to her and me. And so I had it, I had it forever inked, you know, right where the most romantic spot could be, right under your armpit on your ribs, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, I, where <laughs> she loves it and was very, very uh, chuffed with it. Hey, so. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, can I ask what the phrase was? It's um, always and forever. Fantastic. Fantastic. She would always sign off letters to me since college. I love you always and forever. So, I oh just, wow, yeah. that means a lot. No, that's awesome, man. I, I don't so think you, it's just unique to us, but it's you know it's it's ours. Well, now. It's, yeah, 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 totally. It means a lot. So you guys were childhood sweethearts. We read there in the bio. How did you guys? Yeah, meet? In high school. Met in high school. Crazy. I I was. I just don't even remember a Caesar without Tina anymore because I was just a punk. I was just a kid. <laughs> And I, I knew I knew even less about how life and family works back then. <laughs> we were so we you... were both kind of raised by wolves, and uh, the only thing we knew for sure about being married when we got married is we don't know anything about this. Our, both of our families were broken and and pretty dysfunctional, and uh, we were like, "Golly, please God, lead us to something that's gonna, you know, there'll be some relational peace." And, <laughs> well, it must have worked so, because you've been married what thirty five years now over yeah mm. yeah so it's it's crazy we're gonna we're gonna be coming up on that next big milestone anniversary here uh, in august so yeah man. <laughs> it's crazy and, and we have man. we have three grown kids we have three grown kids that are like our best friends and four grandkids now hard to believe it but nuts yeah and we're very close our kids are best friends and they're yeah. kind of like our best friends we see them all the time Team K, we call the family Team yeah, yeah. K. Team K, yep. you know. <laughs> we we I heard you talking about this Team K thing uh, a few years ago at church, and we were just like, uh, I I I went home and I said to Sharon, I said Team E, which is what we would be. I said it just doesn't sound as cool. I'm not quite sure what we, and so we called ourselves Team Fifty Three because that's the house number. So uh, See, I love it. We designed a we designed a logo, a Team Fifty Three logo. We have a WhatsApp group because we have people come live with us all the time. You know, lodges come through the house. We're all still connected on the Team 53 WhatsApp. It's cool, man. So thank you for it that. It is cool, uh, eh? Yeah, 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 we have that. And that's all because we heard so of the Team K thing. So many people consider themselves part of the team, mm. you know, as we treat them like family. And they're like, well, we're in. Right? We're the team. We're Team K now, right? We're, we're in? Like, you're as in as you get. You're in. Mm -hmm. that's <laughs> you want a key to the house? It's yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we heard all those stories from you when you came to Frontline. And we was like, this just sounds amazing. And we were kind of doing the lodger thing anyway, because um, Nick, who's been on the What's the Story podcast, he's been on Crowd a, a long time, uh, a few times. The, one of the founding pastors of Frontline. I know you and Nick are, are good friends. He modeled that whole um, having people live with you thing. In fact, I lived yeah. with Nick when I was a student. And um, <laughs> and so we've just carried that through. And it is amazing, eh, that the, the people that come through and the people you connect with who then become your family, uh, you know, part of the team. And have you always done that, you and Tina? You know what? Surprisingly, yes. Even before we really had a reason to or mm -hmm. had all the language around why this is part of our discipleship lifestyle now. Uh, even early in our marriage, it's, we always had roommates and it seemed like the odd person was always needing a place. And if we ran out of rooms, they'd say, well, I'll just crash on the couch. And uh, people coming through town, uh, you know, people would say, hey, I know you guys seem to be happy hosting folks. Can so-and-so stay with you while they're in town? We're like, well, if they, they don't mind having my kids bunk beds, they're, they're, it's theirs. And the kids would sleep on on the floor or whatever in our room. Mm -hmm. and. One time, I got to tell you a funny story. I, I'm really, I'm going to be honest with everybody here. One time we had um, a guitar player from Prince's band named Des Dickerson. You mm -hmm. guys have all seen him. You go, little red Corvette video, the guy with mm -hmm. the little Japanese flag head thing. And, uh, okay. And it was a little bit after Prince, not much, but he was on the road doing something with his wife. And 
someone said, hey, could he stay with you? And I said, well, he can if he doesn't mind staying in bunk beds. That's all we have. They said, no, <laughs> they're really cool. They're fine. Well, after they left, they were there with us for a few days. After they left, we were kind of changing the bedding and all that. And we realized that my son's bunk bed, the lower bunk, he had created a stellar, epic booger wall. And oh. we didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know this. I, we, we would have used a little spray and cleaned it. And, and it was nuts. And I was, I was more, we were mortified. And, uh, you know, there you want to be a respecter of individuals, but I wouldn't want mm-hmm. anybody to have to endure the booger wall. I mean, you know. <laughs> so after that, we were much more, we were much more uh, cognizant of what's going on with the environment. And because we had changed the sheets and everything, but we just yeah, yeah. missed the booger missed wall. Missed the wall, missed the, bo- the, the, the booger wall. Booger, I think, is, a, is an interesting <laughs> word. But yeah, yeah. Uh, bogey, uh, we would say in England, the bogey, bogey? wall. Yeah, 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 bogey the, the bogey wall. Um, <laughs> Uh, but that's fascinating. That's fascinating. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of an external processor, brother. It's up here. It's probably it's coming, coming out. out. Yeah. The trouble is, right? Because I, I, I've got three sort of growing, not as grown as yours, but uh, two of my kids are at university or college now, and um, so my kids wow. are a bit older. So, but I'm listening to you going. We had one of those. Uh, we definitely had one of those, you know. So. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, yeah. We, I think we it's definitely... more of a boy thing than a girl thing. But yeah. I, I, that might have just been our experience. The girls and boys might be equal opportunity <laughs> bogey wall creators. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So when you and Tina got together uh, in high school, were you both Christians at this point? Or was this all part of the story? It's, it's kind of part of the story. I, I was raised going to church, which now we think is kind of a taboo phrase to say that because you either are the church or you're not. It's not a building or a program. But anyway, we I was raised going to church from birth and yeah. uh, pretty legalistic and pretty weird. Zero discipleship. Zero. It was all about Sunday morning and then kind of get back, you, you know, say the magic prayer <laughs> the magic jesus in your heart prayer and yeah. then what christianity was is you 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 wait for heaven or for jesus to get back and in between what the christian life was in my upbringing was yeah. try to sin less and then yeah, yeah, yeah. make yeah. sure you make it to church and then if you want to be a rock star christian well you tithe you know you give some money <laughs> um, my wife was raised baha'i no, really. And not everybody even knows what that, that is, but it's yeah, yeah. it's an offshoot of Islam, but mm-hmm. it's the kinder, gentler, respect women, and they have, I think it's seven prophets that they think are all good to go, mm-hmm. Jesus being one of them. Yeah. And uh, so that's how she was raised, and uh, it's a very gentle religion. Her whole family is is still uh, part of the Baha'i community, wow. and they're all very, very nice, gentle people, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like everything's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. But after we, um, right around the time we were getting married, just before we were getting married, Tina and I had dated through high school and then broke up and she went to university and had come back to Illinois where we were living in Chicago area. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom, who is the sweetest thing in the world, um, she loved Tina really from the get go. Even when I was broke up with Tina and I was mm-hmm. dating other girls, she would accidentally bring up Tina, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) but she had invited Tina along with my sisters to go to a women's uh, brunch or something at that church from my childhood, which is not that great. But, um, and there Tina actually had kind of an understanding shift and it really made sort of a commitment of sorts. And then they all came and surrounded her and laid hands on her and tried to get her to, you know, like be slain and all these crazy things. So she ran out. Literally, wow. she's like, "Well, thanks for that," and I'm out yeah, of here. Yeah. But it kind of had stuck to her heart a little bit. But she was afraid to tell me because uh, she thought I was going to go. You're crazy! I shouldn't let you go. I knew it because yeah, we weren't. Yeah, yeah. We weren't. I wasn't living my faith at all. Like because yeah. we weren't discipled growing up. Yeah. And uh, but not too long after that, we got married, and um, when our son was born, God really started getting a hold of our hearts. Like we don't know what we're doing. And we somehow she started being discipled by this gal at work and was invited to go on a church retreat for like a mm-hmm. weekend up at a really nice kind of up by the you know nature and lake and all by us. Uh, and said, I really want to do this. This is cool. They're cool people. And I was like, well, I didn't want to be a rejecter. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. It's cool. <laughs> I'll go. And we went to this thing. And literally, it was like. It was the first message I had heard that it was gospel and like lordship and, and difference, oh, wow. not just 
not just church attendance, wait for heaven and try to sin yeah. less, you know? Yeah. And that night the dime dropped. God got a hold of my heart, like really. And oh, wow. we got back to our room at the lodge. And I said to Tina, I said, I got to tell you something. And she goes, no, no, I need to tell you something. And, she's, and I said, well, let me go first. And I said, I, I really seriously want, I gave my life to Jesus tonight forever. I wanted to be the king. I wanted to take the wheel, all the metaphors, you know? And, uh, and she says, I, that's, I did too. I did too. And it was like amazing grace because both that same night we were given a, a true like experience of who God was and what he Fantastic. had for our lives and wanted for our lives. And crazy as it is from that was, man, that was 37 years ago. Um, from that night to today, talking to you, we've never had a time where we weren't like engaged. There was no backslide and there was no, mm -hmm. it was like, we were like, we're in. So are we in? How do we help? What do we do? Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and it wasn't always like the way we live life now and understand discipleship and community mm. and lifestyle yet, but it was a real thing. And so it was kind of God's grace again. We From that point forward, mm. we were real serious about it and growing. And then we met some people that actually discipled us, and that, that changed everything. That really did. The fact that you both became Christians the same night is phenomenal right i mean that's yeah, really that's, i mean i was a christian growing up but not really <laughs> yeah 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 i mean the fact that you both had these sort of encounters you both commit your life to christ as the vernacular that we would use in the church but right you keep using this phrase caesar um and i just want to bring some clarity before we carry on what do you mean when you say disciple discipleship because there's some people listening to the podcast that might not know what that means or it might have sounded a little bit um left field for sure, them. so just enough. explain what yeah. you mean there yeah, good question. Fair enough. So classically, discipleship is this process of learning lots about the Bible and Jesus so he can be more like him and sin less. <laughs> it turns out, if you look at Jesus' life and his model, as he called people to be his friends and be his family, they didn't understand him at all. They weren't Christians. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we, always, we always joke, who did Jesus disciple? Was it Christians? Mm -hmm. No, there weren't any. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Right? And so how we articulate it now is that really discipleship is this process for ourselves, but also of helping others in community and them helping us mm. to move from unbelief to belief in what's true of the gospel. In other words, what's true of who God really is yeah. and what he's done in and through Jesus and, and what he says is true of us now in every area of life, though. So it's this process of moving from unbelief to belief or mm -hmm. from maybe lies that we've been believed to truth in light of the gospel in absolutely every area of our life. And that's a lifelong process. It's, yeah. it's an, it wasn't like, well, here's where I need to move from unbelief to belief about only I'm a rotten sinner and I'm gonna, I deserve hell. And so let's say this magic prayer and then wait for heaven and try to yeah. sin less. Wait a minute, what if the whole thing, and, and this is what the Bible actually teaches, what if it's really about every area of our life, our identity, our gender, mm -hmm. our retirement, our parenting, mm -hmm. generosity, uh, you know, our inner thought life, uh, you know, habits, vacationing, how we see money and recreation. Uh, what if the gospel actually speaks into all of that? And it does. And since it's all of life, guess what? Then it takes kind of an all of life relationship with each mm. other as we kind of walk in the ways of Jesus. Mm. It's crazy. There's a, there's a part of the Bible where Jesus is talking. It's in the book of John. It was his beloved. It was his best friend. <laughs> and he says, he says, you know, if you'll be my disciples, if you'll kind of walk with me in my ways, then you will come to know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. And, you know, around Christians and stuff, we like to quote that term, the truth will set you free, brother, you know, like that. Yeah. But we never back up. Like yeah. Jesus says, if you'll walk in my ways, like, like live like I live a little, yeah. then the big word in that verse, you'll come to know the truth that sets you free. Yeah. And so it's about what sets you free about your identity, what sets mm. you free about his generosity, mm -hmm. uh, who he is really, and not who you think he is, you know, all those things. Yeah. And so for us, that's become a lifestyle because it's every bit of life. It's not, yeah. here's like, here's how I was discipled, Matt. I, uh, after, you know, saying the magic prayer, you know, then some people said, oh, yeah, well, you're in. So yeah, now yeah. we need to disciple Welcome to the you. club. Yeah. And, and there was one guy, I met with him an hour uh, a week for nine weeks. We went over nine Christian topics. We would look at loads and loads of verses connected to like, okay, we're going to disciple you about prayer today, Matt. And mm. here's 13 verses about prayer. Mm -hmm. So you should pray. 
you should pray to God. You should do it. You know, and oh, okay. And then next week we'll talk about uh, atonement or something or angels or I don't know whatever the topics, the nine topics were. Here's a whole bunch of verses to prove it. There you go. And at the end of the nine weeks, it was like, well, high five. You're discipled. You're mature. <laughs> you check. You've got that tech. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, what it was is it was just knowledge acquisition or the yeah. passing on of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. And that's not discipleship. That's not what Jesus did at all. I don't want to freak anybody out here, Matt, on the podcast, but Jesus never owned a Bible, <laughs> nor did his disciples. Mm. Jesus never had a Bible study. Crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did he do it? He lived life with them. And he said, mm. well, you heard it said, right, hanging around the mm-hmm. temple and the church system, you know, but I'd say, this is what it's really all about. Mm-hmm. Come walk with me and then you'll know the truth and you'll see, and you get set free in this area of your life and in that area of your life. And so, yeah, that's what, that's a long answer, but that's, that's really how it's we a great answer. Yeah. It's a great answer. And you talked about after you became a, a Christian, you know, you've had these different forms of discipleship. So when did this, when did the penny of all of this start to drop for you? And, and, and I guess, what was it about this new way of looking at discipleship really captivated you? I think as I, I started doing quite a bit of international travel mm-hmm. and what the church would call like missions work, mm-hmm. you know, going into different places to do ministry work. And in our case, we were going into war zones and where there was Christian persecution, like horror stuff oh, and wow. active war zones and all taking in aid, taking in food, taking in medicine, uh, generally set throwing a sheet up on the side of a hut and maybe showing the Jesus film, things like that, just, but yeah. really trying to do relationship. And, and I realized that when we would encounter the church in these places, the people that, of God, they had nothing, Matt, like no things, you know, the word mm. nothing, no thing, like literally the clothes on their back, if they had clothes, and I'm not joking, yeah. the people we were, you know, working yeah. with in Sudan during the war, Sierra Leone during the civil war there, um, the church was beautiful and they were so full of joy, man. And they mm. were like being persecuted and they were star. Their babies were starving. No joke. I'm not, you know, and mm. yet they were so full of joy. And, I, and yeah. as I would go there and I'd come home and I go there and I'd come home, I remember praying, dear God, you know, I, I want to have what they have. I'd give anything for their joy yeah. and relationship with yeah. you. And then I remember it like God said, well then do. I said, yeah. I'll give every, I'll give anything, everything. He says, well then do. And I was, I kind of hung my head. I was kind of like, you know, the, the prodigal son, you know, like <laughs> I, I like my stuff. I don't want to give my mm-hmm. stuff, you know, but, but as that contrast grew in our hearts of like being the church like that with no things, no church mm-hmm. services, no buildings and or, you know, programming and then coming home. And I actually worked at a really large church and I was head of production. Mm-hmm. Put on the show. Hey, hey, cute Matt, cute camera three, camera three, yeah. lights, lights. Okay. Hey, you're a little slow on the smoke. Let's get that mist up a little quicker next to us. You know, that kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. the contrast between being the church with the church on the ground and then mm. going and doing church, mm-hmm. even as one of the pastors, it, it mm. got real stark for me. And I was like, yeah, what if we, what if we lived like we lived the last three weeks in the bush with those people and the way they mm. live? with everybody here, like in a neighborhood, we just treated mm. everybody like family, shared our stuff, didn't have any giant agenda trying to close the deal with them, but showed mm. them love, invite them to walk in the ways with Jesus so that they come to know truth and get set yeah. free. What would happen? And we got to a point where our Tina and I and, and a few other friends, we had the conviction of we have to try, like we have the book of Acts, is this real? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they were doing yeah. there, you know? Yeah. Could yeah. we live that way and what would happen? And I think I'd rather live that way with a dozen people and our kids authentically so they didn't see their faith as a, an event once a week or, you know, so mm-hmm. I think I'd rather do that than get to, you know, continue to pastor these thousands of people and preach with my head up on a 15 foot screen, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. And so we moved out to Tacoma from Chicago area and started to live that way with just a handful of people. And it was, it was amazing and miraculous. We mm. still live this way. <laughs> and yeah. those communities multiplied as people started to understand and walk with Jesus and wanted their family connected to it. And they wanted to get set free in this area of their life. And it was really natural. Now we still gathered and, you know, did that stuff and learned the, the, the word of God together and would sing and, oh, you know, we would mm. do those things. But but six days and twenty two hours a week, we just did life together. Yeah, we'd come together for an hour or two 
also we, those were like family reunions for us in the communities as they as they multiplied they wanted to hang out like hey you know we all kind of multiplied out of this one little missional type community could we get together once in a while and see each other and hear how it's going and and that would kind of just grow and it's like yeah but we're of course we're going to do food and and someone says but i've been writing a ton of new stuff can i so can i bring my guitar i was like heck yeah brother you do what you yeah. want it's family you know and so as people would sometimes visit those things a lot of people wanted to like what's going on mm. <laughs> it, they said you know you're kind of doing a lot of the same kind of things i've experienced maybe at a church dealio but it feels really different it feels like mm. a family reunion every week yeah like you love each other That's and you're nice. actually out for yeah. a reason and so when yeah. you come together it's not to talk you into going and living anything that you're you're already living that you're coming to celebrate all that stuff mm. so that's that's kind of how that that morphed for us. And, and now that's what I help others figure out how to live that same way and write books to that. So I'm, there's so much there, Cesar. I had so many questions in a lot of ways. Um, I guess if that, <laughs> I'm you, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's all good. It's all good. I'm thinking, um, how do people listening to the podcast maybe that think, man, this, this sounds amazing. And it's, I guess it, I remember the first time I heard you talk about it and Nick talk about it, it just ignited something in me, which I thought, I, I just want to find out more about this, right? How do, how do people, where's a good place to start? Especially if you've grown up in like the starting traditional Starting to find out church. more or where would they start? I mean, like yeah, how would like, someone start this lifestyle? Exactly. How does someone start, yeah. as a Christian, how does someone start yeah. this lifestyle? How do they sort of bring this into their neighborhood? Yeah. So what I would say is first... Start it at your own table for you and your family and maybe a close friend or two. Mm. Don't don't try to go talk your neighbors into coming over to your house and or maybe a whole bunch of Christian friends and neighbors or whatever to experience something that you don't even do. I, I'm amazed at how few people have family dinner nights. Yeah. And so like with the people that we coach, because Tina and I both, we coach as couples and we coach couples in this lifestyle, we always start with, okay, start having a weekly family dinner night, at least one. That's mm -hmm. really special, really cool, full of grace. Not a Bible study at the table. I'm not talking about that. Mm -hmm. We're talking about where everybody shows up a little early and and helps cook. And you rotate who 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 gets to pick the meal this week. Great, you know. And you learn to bear with one another. You know, the kids are like, "Well, I don't like that." Well, that's what we're mm -hmm. making because she gets to pick this week. You know. Yeah. And and then it's full of grace. And you we do things like you know high low buffalo. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. You know, like, no. What's no, the best part of your that. day? Okay. High low is like. Hi, like, what's the best part of your day, honey? You know? Yeah. And then why? Yeah. People really reveal their hearts. And then, well, what was the worst part of the day? You know? Yeah. And what happened? You know? But then someone threw in there once, at, we had done high lows for years, and they said, we do high low buffalo. I go, what's buffalo? They go, it's the craziest thing that happened. You know? Like, you've never seen this. Because <laughs> you're not going to see a buffalo walk. Anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I like the it. Idea I'm high -low. it yeah. So you just connect in your hearts. And, and what happens is those become cherished times amongst the family. Mm. That's how Team K did it and people we started realizing like people were literally on lists to be able to come to our family dinner nights yeah, <laughs> how do we get to come to family dinner night yeah and so then when we started doing things like an open table that would be kind of like step two hey pick a different night of the week that that is your model your family dinner night's your model and then throw it out like real don't try to impress anybody just go hey it's like just kind of come and we're going to hang out and get to know each other and you can bring anybody you want and we're going to do mm -hmm. it every thursday every friday or whatever you want to do and and treat people like family not like guests yeah that's key there's a difference and everybody kind of mm -hmm. knows you know yeah. the difference there <laughs> and and what happens is when you treat people like family and that predictable pattern of we're going to do that every week regardless of how many people who shows up we don't care mm -hmm. trust god for that and we're going to eat anyway <laughs> you know it's not anything additional like yeah. we eat i you know you eat every night and what we found is that just that little bit all of a sudden people we call them people of peace. They lean in like, oh, yeah, man, we love you guys. And and it's like, hey, like we should get together and watch this, you know, this show, you know, whatever everybody's into right now. And like, mm -hmm. great, come on, pop over, you know, we'll just get some pizzas and stuff. I'll bring some beer, you know, whatever. And it just becomes this rhythm of normalcy. But what happens is as we grow in our, we call it gospel fluency, this ability to actually speak good news to people, mm -hmm. not shame or shoulds or just yeah. Bible stuff, but then, then all of life kind of becomes this discipleship thing. That's why I talk about discipleship as a lifestyle. Mm. But that would be my first step. Family dinner night. Yeah, it's yeah. meaningful. And I got tons of resources on this stuff, too, to help people. Because you're like, well, we don't even know what to do. You know? yeah. We don't like each other. I'm like, well, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to get and over that. That becomes yeah. the model for like an open yeah. table or like 
you know, or like we do happy hours here in our neighborhood mm-hmm. a lot. That's a big deal. People love them. He's throw out some appetizers and, you know, open a bottle of wine, have a couple of beers. People usually bring a bunch more of all that stuff mm-hmm. and it's easy and it's fun. And then from those little things, what happens is all these organic connections begin to happen. And Hey, we're, we're, we're taking the boat out this weekend. Why don't you guys come? We're like, we're coming. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, yeah. And then they go like, we want to ask you about your kids because ours are just hitting the teen years and they hate us right now. And your kids love you, but I imagine it wasn't always that way. <laughs> that's for sure. You know? <laughs> and so it, it's, it's, you know, and that's that life on life thing starts to happen. Mm. Now there's a lot more, but that's, the, that's sort of the basics of how we, we yeah, do this and fantastic. how it started and how we still do it. In fact, just before we hit the, before we got on this call, um, my, my wife was saying to me yesterday, she says, Oh, um, uh, Monday night, because Monday night we often have people around for dinner, and so she said Monday night uh, we've got um, Beth and Terry coming around for dinner, and we actually we've just recorded uh, a, a What's the Story podcast episode with Beth, so she's the week before you uh, in effect. Um, and hey, she's Beth. Like, yeah, yeah, Beth's awesome, <laughs> and uh, and so Beth's like, oh, can we just have dinner at your house? And we're like, sure. And they brought their two kids, and after I finish recording the conversation, I go in. Our bathroom has just got kids in the bath everywhere, which is great. We've not had that in this house for a while because my kids are a little bit older. Be a bit weird if I walked <laughs> in the bathroom when they're in the bath. Uh, so we've got kids' <laughs> toys, soft toys everywhere. And Sharon's like, oh, by the way, I've invited this person around for dinner because they were originally going to come as well. So they're coming. Okay. And then one of our lodgers who moved out because she got married a couple months ago, I walked her down the aisle, Caesar, one of the most precious moments. And... Um, so her and her husband and a sister also came around. There was like 12, 13 people around our table. And it, originally it was just going to be a small dinner. And then within the space of like 12 hours, it all got crazy. And it's just wonderful and beautiful. And it's the way it should be, right? Yeah, it is. And it, it's not hard, is it? No. There's no, there's no huge setup. There's no huge expense. There's no programming. And, and I don't know what happened so many people where we you know we don't even know how to be friends anymore mm. <laughs> you know, like, and there again this is not how i was raised growing up my my dad was mean and he was an alcoholic and he had one friend and i can remember he would see him like twice a year mm. you know and he would go golfing with guys from work but they weren't really his friends they would just go yeah. get drunk and golf and so we we almost never had people in our home growing up and yet that wasn't our early marriage. We, Tina and I always had people. We had people living yeah. with us and staying at the house. And it's just, and so, but then once, once we started walking with Jesus, we realized, oh, well, we bear your image. That's how you are. So even, mm. even when we don't know what we're doing, <laughs> he still gave us that, you know, gift mm. to do that. And so, yeah, no, that's brilliant. Yeah. So on your journey then, um, you know, you've been married to the amazing Tina, whom your mum adores and loves, which is always a beautiful thing. Uh, and so you, you, you're you doing all this open house stuff with Tina. What are some of the challenges that you guys have faced on this journey? Because it sounds exciting, but I can't imagine it was all sunshine and rainbows, which is a phrase I like to use. Uh, I imagine there were some obstacles and some challenges along the way. Ah, uh, so many, because it's messy as heck. People are messy. <laughs> yeah. What? I'm a mess, okay? You, you, you and I know each other a little bit, but we, we live pretty far apart. But mm-hmm. listen, I'm not exactly Jesus here yet. You know? <laughs> you know? So when you start to, when you start to um, d- get deeper into true relationship with people that you're not sleeping with or you're the parents of, so they have to listen to you, kind of, at least. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, kind of, yeah. And, you, and, and they start to open up a little bit. And we use this phrase, like, let your redemption show, meaning let mm. let stuff that that in you is being transformed by jesus now let that's don't fear we always want to hide that stuff put on the happy Mm. face put on the mask but the truth is when we let our redemption show in other words what god's doing and how we're moving from unbelief to belief in different areas about who god is and Mm -hmm. who he says we are now when you let that show it gives other people permission to do the same because you're not this teflon perfect family and that gets really messy and mm. so practical things we've had people that were super super close to all of a sudden they just they flip out and they're pissed off at you and they never want to talk to you again you're like what mm. what happened like we're pretty nice generally mm. you know? yeah. kind yeah. of fun to hang with i think stuff like that happens it'll break it'll break your heart uh, we've had since we have so many people kind of through the house um we've had so many things broken uh, mm. stolen <laughs> spilled on uh, I'll tell you one story. Once we were in Europe, Tina and I, and the community was kind of watching the house. Our son was living there at the time. He was 
a young adult at this point. But we came home. We were kind of getting, we were gone for a couple of weeks. Kind of, we knew there was a lot going on still. Community life was still happening. I say, hey, well, what happened, uh, you know, while we were gone, this and that and the other. And I was sitting on the couch with my son and I picked up one of the couch pillows and uh, I happened to notice there was a huge rip in it, but it had been sewed perfectly, like professionally, like, like there's no way he sewed that. And I said, well, what happened <laughs> to the pillow? And he goes, well, I don't want to tell you. I said, why not? <laughs> he says, because you're going to be angry. And I said, well, I, I'm already kind of angry, but at least it got fixed. And then I happened to notice the matching scar on the couch that I'm sitting on about oh, this wow. big. And it's like sewed perfectly. Like you could, cause it's tight. You could never do it. Mm. And I said, okay, listen, I, I'm already kind of angry. What happened? And so here's what happened while we were gone, house full of people, community going on, believing, not believing, you know, all over the map. That's just mm. our neighborhood, our friends. Um, my son who carries a weapon cause he was in the Marines at the time in the military, he had his gun sitting out and he'd been explaining it to this one young knucklehead and the guy picked it up and he's like, Hey, you know, be careful. And he's like, I know what I'm doing. And somehow he managed to knock two safeties off. And there's a, no. a hip thing that has to and pull this nine pound trigger. And he blew this 45 hollow point through my <laughs> pillow, through the couch, into the frame of the couch, the wood. And that's where it stopped. Luckily, it didn't exit the house or anybody else's body. Yeah. And so I said, so wait a second. So this wow. guy, I won't use his name. Um, he blew a 45 through our couch and, and the house was full of people. Yeah. I'm like, oh, boy. Wow. And so that bullet, by the way, still lodged in the couch. Um, frame. <laughs> um, that guy, that kid, that kid would not talk to me. I was his pastor, actually, at the time, you know, kind of. Yeah. And uh, he wouldn't, he, he kind of hid from me for months and months. Like he just didn't want to, right? Uh -huh. And so I was doing a wedding in this beautiful rose garden a few months later, and we're all in community. There's lots of people, sunny day. And I'm doing my thing, and I look out, and I'm like, hey, he's sitting right there, third row. No way. <laughs> And I was just like, I see you, brother. <laughs> so when I, we got done and I released everybody, I shot down the aisle. I put my arm around and said, hey, let's have a chat. <laughs> so well, there's, there's, that trumps there's every so story things. that I've got. Let me tell you, that trumps all the stories of the fat and stuff that's happened in my I mean, house. we've had lots of homeless people staying with us, people who are addicted, people who steal your stuff, people mm -hmm. who we... You know, there's a reason that scripture says, hey, um, if you loan money, don't expect it in return. You know, just yeah. give it. Yeah. And we found that to be 100% accurate, Bible. Mm. <laughs> like whenever we've had to help people with stuff, they're like, well, I'm going to pay you back. We're like, well, listen, if you do or you don't, that's up to you. It's all God's. It's yours now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you use it as you see fit. You can use it for what you said you needed for, or maybe you won't. I don't know. But uh, And sometimes people would get it back to you. Usually not. And then they would get freaked out and weird. And we're like, we're not. I told you it's yours. We love you way more than, you know, a, a few quid or a few dollars, you know, <laughs> that's okay. You know? Wow. So there's, so it's all the, man. and even our own kids at times pushing back, like, man, the house is so full of people. Like, yeah, I remember one time they said like, there's people over like every meal. I'm like, yeah, kind of. They said, can we just have one family dinner night? That's not full of everybody else. Mm -hmm just for the bio team K <laughs> yeah. you know? and we said, well, why? And they told us, and we said, fair enough. And we let the community know, Hey, you can come over all the time, but on Wednesdays clear out from about five to eight and we're just going to be with our kids and, yeah. and you can come over after that or before that. And you get to, and, yeah. and they loved it. And I'll tell you though, Matt, it didn't take very many weeks before, you know, one of our kids, I don't remember who said like, I know it's just team K family night tonight, just us, but, Hey, Megan at school, like her dad left the family. And <laughs> okay. he's so could, yeah. could she come? Could she just come and you tell her she's beautiful like you tell us every day? Yeah. And she, she, they need that. And like, sure, honey, is that cool with you guys? And the kids were like, sure. And, and pretty soon it was kind of like now there's two or three people, but they were inviting them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then pretty soon it was kind of back to everybody. So <laughs> Fantastic. But those are challenges, though, we had to work through. And, and how was um, – because, I mean, you're right. You're listening to you talking your stories and you kind of go, well, it's the obvious conclusion is that's going to be chaotic and there's going to be mess and there's going to be good stuff and there's going to be stuff that's not so good that you've got to deal with. So how was it? Um, how was I guess how was married life during this time? How did you and Tina cope with this together? I mean, we've heard a little bit about the kids, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of curious to know how you guys as a couple dealt with all this. Well, I'm, I'm fortunate that we're both pretty uh, uh, 
outgoing people. We're both mm-hmm. pretty out there and extroverted types where we get our batteries recharged by having people around. Mm-hmm. And Tina's an amazing cook. She's actually culinary trained chef and wonderful, but just the most normal person you've met her. So um, that was easy to do because we we're on the same page. However, right. we coach lots of people where my wife's really introverted and I'm extroverted and we can work through that. But a couple of things come to mind. One is that we, we, uh, we live open door. We always kind of did, but now really intentionally, we live open door. People know it. Community, stop by anytime you want. But in light of truly treating people like family and in light of God's love for us and great approval, we also fear, uh, feel we can say, come by anytime, Matt, or whoever, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but we also feel the freedom to say, hey, what's up? You know, it's not, maybe it's not a great time. Like, yeah, you know, I could think of like, you know, ding dong, Tina and I are watching a romantic comedy or something, having some wine mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, ding dong, someone from the community is like, hey, I was just hanging around. I don't know. I was just, what are you guys up to? It's like, well, um, Tina and I were just finishing up this romantic comedy thing and having some wine, kind of hoping for a happy ending, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> If it's if it's not an emergency, how about we catch some coffee in the morning or you know yeah. something like that? Yeah. You know? And so you have that freedom to right mm. to be able to sort of protect those times as well. Um, but also because we do try to model what we say, and that's let your redemption show. Mm. We're very open about the challenges of being married this long and being married young and not being perfect people for sure. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of would let some of that stuff show and let people in on it. And that can freak people out. Generally, mm. the religious types. We've actually had situations where our own co-leaders got all freaked out because we, you know, admitted to we're we're working on this and that, and we got some counseling, and we're working through mm. some stuff. You know, and they're like, "Oh, hey, wait a minute, you what? Yeah, but you're one of the pastors." And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're no listen, you're not a perfect yet. human here. Like, yeah, there's yeah, none, yeah. you know." And I'm not going to hide it. Like, we ain't going to mm. live that way. You know, we're going to let you see it, warts and all. But we're also going to yeah. let you see redemption happen. Yeah. And, and it does. And it and it continues to in our lives. So, and that's some of the challenges we face. And, and I, I, there's been times where for a while, we don't want to, but we're human. We kind of recoil and go like, man, there's been some trust broken here with these people yeah. or this, you yeah. know. And like, maybe we don't want to have as many people around for a while. And then we know that's selfishness and fear, mm. but it's real. You know, like yeah. that's, we don't just push through it. You know, it's like sometimes you're like, you know, for a while we got to got you know speak the gospel to our own hearts and, yeah. and kind of move from unbelief here to belief. Mm. What's really true. What's yeah. really going on and, and get back to like, but the, the one who matters loves us deeply and wasn't Fantastic. surprised by any of this, you know, so. <laughs> that's always the thing, isn't it? God's never, ever surprised. Let's, um, I'm aware I'm asking a lot of questions about this and I really want to touch on this topic of identity which is a big thing um you're sort of your your one message if you like so let's hit on that uh briefly what have you learned about identity uh specifically I guess how it relates to your lifestyle well I guess the big one Matt is when we really went beyond just reading this in the bible but believing it was true that we are actually created in God's own image Mm. and He's a triune God, so that means that part of our identity f- flows from Dad, from the Father, mm-hmm. from Jesus, the Son, who in Hebrews it says, Jesus is not ashamed to call you brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I love that so much. And from the Holy Spirit, that we have an identity relationship there. Mm-hmm. And so is everybody else that we've ever met created that way. And when you start to believe like, and find your value and self-worth from the mm-hmm. f- first and foremost from who God is in perfection, and he created you in his image, it says in Genesis, to be like us. Mm. Us, you know, that's the three, right? Mm. And and then you start to realize, oh, that's true of me. Well, that changes. Notice that my, my value is not coming nearly as much as from what I do or didn't do mm-hmm. or shouldn't have done or, what you know, whatever. But also, when you start to see everybody else, like, hey, what changes if you see people first and foremost as bearing the image of a good and right and perfect God, a holy God. Mm. They're creating that image too. Well, but they're not Christians, like, but they're still image bearers. They're humans. Yeah. yeah. And they're no different than us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're we're created the same. Now, maybe our choices have led to different lifestyles, different consequences, different all those things. However, the 99% of what's true of us as humans is mm-hmm. exactly the same. And we bear that same image. Mm. That changed a lot for us. And then just to back up a tick. This idea that our value 
and, and, and worth in life doesn't pr- come from what we do, mm-hmm. but what he's done. Mm-hmm. That So we, I, I use this phrase, do to be. Like the way yeah. the world is, at least and see if you relate to this, the way the world is what you do, you know, we do things, we perform, we do work or whatever to be perceived as valuable, to have value mm-hmm. in people's eyes. I want, I want you around because, you know, what have you done for me lately? This, you yeah. know? But, and so then we go, oh, hey, that's working. Like they like me or they want to hire me or, you know, they're, they're inviting us to the parties now. And so what I do equals who I am and my value. Mm-hmm. Not really, but that's, see, that's the lie. That's the, it's the original fall of mankind in Genesis 3. That's what you see. And it's the beast that scripture talks about, you know? Yeah. And the truth is, no, your identity and self-worth doesn't come from what you do. It comes from who you are. Mm. And first and foremost, baseline, we're image bearers of God. And now if, if you have begun a relationship with God and with Christ and believe who he is and what he's done for us, then he, Bible teaches that we're now actually indwelled by his own spirit. Jesus used this beautiful redundancy, like that you and the Father uh, are now one with us, like I and the Father are one. We're all one, and and you bear my image. And it's all oh, that starts changing who you see yourself to be and how you treat others. I asked this question this weekend. We were doing some teaching. I was sharing with you before we went live, and um, we were teaching on this identity. I asked the mm. question, hey, what changes for you if your primary self-worth, the way you see yourself and your value, didn't come from your job, your title, mm. your accolades, what others thought of you, all that, but primarily came from the fact that you, dear sister, dear brother, are creating the image of a good, right, and perfect God. Mm. And then I, you know, we talked about that. And then we did a follow-up question, like, and what would change in all of your relationships, so your kids, your spouse, people at work, your parents, your pastor, you know, if you primarily, first and foremost, see them as, there goes another image bearer. Yeah. You can see a homeless person, you can see a crack addict, you can see a horrible criminal and you go, but they were created bearing the image. What has happened here? Can we mm-hmm. help them? You know, like, can we help them come to know and believe what God says is true of them? So that's, that's a big part of, of really for us, even lifestyle and discipleship is being image bearers, being family. Because here's part of the thing is if we really believe this, Matt, if you and I believe that we bear God's image and dad's, God's mm-hmm. our father, that makes mm-hmm. us brothers. Yep. And there's so many scriptures that says that. So I'll be a father to you, not like a father. And you'll be like sons and it doesn't say like sons and daughters. It says you'll be my sons and daughters. Mm. Well, if that's really true, Matt, then you and I are cosmically, eternally, we're brothers. Maybe mm. not biologically. We weren't born of the same womb, but we're brothers. And if I believe that, that relationship's very, very different. Because, yeah. you know, you look at your children and they're hurting. And you're like, man, sucks to be them. And maybe if they knocked on your door and begged you, you might help them, but you're not Mm. going out of your way. But if you go, but that's my brother, Matt lives right across the street and he just lost his job and they they had one car and it don't work. And we've got two. And like, you you know I mean? It's different, man. You engage humanity, engage people differently. If you see them as family, Mm. brothers and sisters. So yeah, that's, that's been a big part of it. Just the whole shift for us. That's really powerful. Yeah. And that leads to then wanting to have people around because they're brothers yeah. and sisters. Let's get them over yeah. here. <laughs> well, it brings, it brings um, when you see it like you've talked about it, actually the whole concept of family around the table then makes sense, right? All Team K, the, the sort of the family. We're going to treat you like family. I'm going to see you as a brother or a sister. Uh, and it, it changes how you interact with people. And it's what makes this super powerful. Um, and you can you look at it and you go, Oh, I can see God's thinking in this a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because it it, it it's like hey. welcome. You know, well, sometimes we make it a little bit too complicated. But when you take you take a step back and you go, okay, I can I can I get this now. But Matt, this is exactly who the church is, mm. or or we. And if you look in the in the beginning and you look in the book of Acts and throughout the epistles, this is exactly the things they were talking about, what you and I are talking about today, mm. and it's exactly how they lived. Over the centuries, we've turned it into programming and all kinds of other things. Yeah. But I'm not I like we didn't make this up. Like mm. don't I don't want anybody hearing this and go, that's Caesar guys smart. You know, like this is just in the book, and we decided to give it a spin and see if it was true. See if it works. It could yeah. still be true. And it turns out it is. Yeah. And, then, and, and listen, I'm all for gathering up and having the party and do it weekly, do it monthly, do it online. I don't care. You know, what I, mean? I don't. But how are we living? Do we do we live yeah. as healthy family? The beliefs. Yeah. I got God is my daddy. Jesus is my brother. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm indwelled by the power that raised Christ from the dead, the Holy Spirit himself, in us. Well, well what, there's nothing really to fear. We're co-heirs, and that's my brother. And yeah. so, you know, it, it just, that's the basis for why and we would choose to live this way, I think. Fantastic. Listen, Caesar, I, there's a couple of resources that you've got that I want to draw people's attention to because uh, we, I mean, we could talk for hours on this and I still don't think we've scratched the surface. So, uh, but you've got a, a bunch of stuff. The first one I, I want to mention is your podcast, which I, I love. Um, tell, tell folks about the, the podcast that you've got going on. All right. Thanks. Yeah. So it's called the Everyday Disciple Podcast. Because that's kind of how we try to live, and it's mm-hmm. every day and make that a lifestyle. And on the podcast, we talk about kind of everything in life. No kidding. And but how does that? How does the gospel speak into that? How would we live that out? How maybe yeah. maybe we're seeing that on the news? But my, my, what might be our perspective in light of living this way and believing the truth of the gospel? And so that's what the podcast's about. We're coming up on six years every Monday, yeah. um, so it's real easy to find. Everyday Disciple Podcast. Again, my name is Caesar. There's a couple other podcasts that have sort of nick the name a little bit where it's like everyday disciples or you'll you'll know it when you find it. it's got my name on it. it's it got these yeah. little black and red feet running across um they can they can find it at everydaydisciple.com yeah find the podcast yeah and it's there. definitely worth listening to i just want to give a little story i suppose um i remember listening to an episode you did a couple years ago and it was coming up to halloween and in the episode on Halloween, you would, you know, there's big division, isn't there, in the church? Halloween's do or not to do. And you were just like, man, this is the one day of the year where everybody in your neighborhood knocks on your door, right? And it's like... With a smile on. <laughs> it's like, and you were like, just bear that in mind. And so I, I came back to Sharon and I said, listen, we've got to go big on Halloween. I mean, Halloween's not as big a deal over here in the UK as it is back there. But we were like, yeah. we changed everything. And so me and my daughter, we started decorating the outside of the house and you know and all that kind of stuff and so we got all of that from your your podcast and so you know it is the one night of the week people come knock on your door and we were like this is great so do check out the podcast and the other one is um if people want to find out more about identity you have this uh audio series right i'm going to put the slide on the screen do you just want to talk about it it's four or five audios they're short but i kind of work through the whole sort of how does our identity flow from the Father, from the Son, from the Spirit? And what's that really look like and taste like? And they're short, but I, I just, I'm happy to give it to anybody who wants to go a little deeper into identity. They're, and you can share them, send them to anybody you want, whatever. Mm-hmm. There are four or five audios in this audio pack. So yeah, I'd love it. And it's real easy. You just, you just email uh, that this address. Are you showing that there? Yep. Yep. It's on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. If you just email to that address and just put the word gospel in the subject line, you don't have to write anything else. Hit send. Uh, then the little tech gremlins in the background automation <laughs> will send you that set of audios. Easy peasy. And then I'll send an email or two introducing myself and some other resources around this if you're interested. And if not, well then, you know, unsubscribe or whatever. I don't care, but I, I love to send you this, uh, and it's professionally recorded. Sounds great. Yeah. And you'll love it. But but check it out. Learn learn a little bit more about your identity because that's what starts to change our motivations from yeah. like, well, it sounds great, but I, I'm too busy or I have fear around this mm-hmm. or that. At least for free, check out that, that yeah, audio. Yeah, it doesn't series. cost you anything. Check out that audio series. Yeah, they're short that- too. Yeah, um, and the email was on screen. And for those of you listening to the audio version, uh, check out the um, transcript, the notes. We'll make sure it's in the notes on your podcast app. We'll put the links in there as well. And I, um, what is, and so, I think it's now. You just you just email now at 123lifeschool.com. Yeah, the and it's the numbers. One, yeah, and it's yeah, numbers 123lifeschool.com. Two, three, yeah. And then just put the word gospel in the subject line, and yeah. it'll send it to you. It's all automatic. But, uh, yeah, like I said. Thanks, we'll man. I'd love to be able to send that out to some oh no that'd be cool uh, you know do do check out caesar's resources they are phenomenal his books are good too i mean just anything that's got his name on it is going to be great so do check that out wow. caesar listen oh shucks <laughs> <laughs> gonna make him blush uh listen but it's been brilliant having you here on the podcast Thanks. thank it's you great for coming to speak talk a little bit hey, can i, I do have one more time and i ask you lots of questions yeah, yeah, let's do that. We'll do the reverse. We'll have Caesar interviews Matt because Matt's not told his story. Um, one last question, which I do ask all I guess, and I nearly forgot to ask. Uh-oh, right. here we go. You, no, no, no. You, yeah, yeah, check it out. Right, you're at the Oscars. Uh, you've won your Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, and you do that, I would just like to thank dot, dot, dot. I'm curious, who's on Caesar's list of people that you would like to thank, you know, whether it's family members, mentors, pastors, 
preachers, who, who's on there? Who's had the big impact on Caesar's life and why? I, two people jumped to mind right away. I was mentored, when I, or discipled and mentored by um, a good friend of mine. His name's John Jenkins. He's Pastor Johnny to our family. Mm-hmm. And when we were very, very young parents and just starting to walk with Jesus, this him and his wife Ruth were gentle and they discipled us like we're talking about like as mm-hmm. family and he he was old school though and he would like take us to the mall and here's how you talk to people and we'd go you know do all these things and and so pastor Johnny Jenkins and his wife Ruth and then because we're big on teaching the bible in story form you know mm-hmm. like we teach the whole bible through narratives actually in dialogue i was taught that uh by a person who's become a great friend in my life to appear now and mentor. His name's John Witte. He's a Southern Baptist missionary. And I, I ran into him in Sudan. <laughs> we oh, were both wow. doing ministry. And he was like, yeah, well, we're doing this all without any printed materials, just all through story, because the Bible is one big story. Mm-hmm. And then a certain way of doing a dialogue. And that's what we do in community now. And I've been all over the world. You can talk about 30 countries. That's mostly what I'm usually doing is telling the story of God and uh, and dialoguing around it and um, mm. so I, I would thank john witty for that those 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 people have really had the ongoing and, and there'd be mm. so many more but that's what that's what popped into my head so fantastic thanks fantastic. guys <laughs> yeah yeah legends i'm always I, I love this question because it's really fascinating who people say uh, and the stuff that people come out with so that was great um caesar how do people reach you how do they connect with you if they want to if they want to learn more about team k about the stuff that you're doing what's the best way to do that Really just go to everydaydisciple.com and there's all kinds of resources there. There's a way to send messages. Uh, my name is Caesar, and you just put Caesar at everydaydisciple.com. That's my email. <laughs> as long as you spell Caesar like the salad or like the pizza <laughs> here in the States or like you see it in the Bible, people always mangle that, but yeah. Yeah, I'll let you figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Google. Has but if you just too. go to the website, you can get a hold of me. I'm, I'm real easy to find or Google me up or something. I don't know. I'm out there. So. Ah, fantastic. Why uh, do you know why your parents chose Caesar as a name for you? Yes, I do. Sort of. So I'm the, I'm the third Caesar in the family in a row. Oh, wow. My son is Caesar four. And now his son is Caesar Kalinowski the fifth, and he actually even has the the IV, you know, uh, the, the V wow. on his on his birth certificate. And I never could understand why Caesar, which seemed like a Latin name to me, and Kalinowski, which is as Polish as you get, yeah, <laughs> why was that jammed together? And I was in Poland uh, maybe a decade or so ago, and I asked an old buck who was a um, like a historian. I said, "Hey, any understanding of why I would have this name?" And he's like, "Oh." Well, sure. Um, Kalinowski, Kalinowski, Kalinowski was a royal name. And I, I kind of knew that, like not that we're royalty now, but it mm-hmm. used to be, I guess. Yeah. And so Caesar is Kaiser, which is ruler. So Kaiser Kalinowski, very typical name. So is it a family oh, wow. name? And I said, very much so. Because what well, better you have it. So. <laughs> wow. Wow, there go you go. Figure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now we got five, there's the fifth, and that's we'll be awesome. over here for thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it carried that on. That's awesome. That's, uh, we, we definitely don't have that tradition in my family. Kids, if you're listening, I expect it to stop. Hashtag just saying. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. No, Caesar, that's been brilliant, honestly, man. Uh, it's been an absolute treat to talk to you, to catch thanks. up with you again, to hear your heart. Uh, I just love what you guys are doing. And thanks for all the encouragement you guys have given to me and Sharon over the years. And even just with the stories that you've told, we just really, man, it's just been brilliant. Yeah, so. well, you, you're very welcome, but it's just, that's all just God's grace continues to flow through all of us. Keep passing it on. That's all we got to do. And you are. Thanks for doing this podcast. And it's great. And I, I love what's going on with crowd. And it's, it's great. Oh, it's awesome. Thank man. you. It's thanks awesome. for having it's all me. It's cool. Oh, great. So big thanks to Caesar again for joining me today on the podcast. Remember to check out Crowd Online Church at www.crowd.church. Even if you might not see the point of church, see Crowd. Yeah, it's an online church, but it's just on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. As Caesar would call it, discipleship. We're a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. You are welcome at Crowd. Become part of the family. Why not? Now, be sure to subscribe to What's the Story wherever you get your podcast from because we've got some great stories lined up and I don't want you to miss any of them. And in case no one has told you yet today, uh, you are awesome. Yes, you are. It's just a burden you have to bear. Caesar has to bear it. I have to bear it. 
It's just the way God made us. You've got to bear it. You're, you are awesome, fearfully and wonderfully made. You're created in His image. You're an image bearer. So What's the Story is produced by Crowd Online Church. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon, Josh Catchpole, Estella Robin, and Tim Johnson. Our theme song was written by the fantastically talented Josh Edmondson. And if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, head over to the website www.crowd.church, where you can also sign up, as I said, for our weekly newsletter and get all of this good stuff direct to your inbox totally free. So that's it from me. That's it from Caesar. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.